0: Okay. Well, you know you live in the Midwest when the first thing somebody says after it rains is we really needed that rain, especially where I'm from, farm country. Anyways, it was a joke. But um, super excited this morning to share with you all, super excited to be here. Uh, you get Matt Moore or Chad Henney two weeks in a row because Patrick Mahomes, uh, a.k.a. Bradley is too busy. With the drunkards last night at the Barth Brooks concert, and uh, I'm just kidding, just playing. I'm just playing, just playing. Um, all jokes, all joking aside, I'm super excited to to, to share with you guys this morning. Um, last or two weeks ago, for those of you who weren't here, two weeks ago, Bradley, you uh, talked about King David, and um, you know, as a result, I've kind of been just on this kind of I don't know. Psalm, adventure through the Psalms. I don't know. I've just been reading through the Psalms. And, and so last week I preached on Psalm chapter 40. This week we're preaching on Psalm chapter 100. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and start to turn there. But Psalm chapter 100 is going to be the text that we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, and I've even gone so far as to, I, I do a little bit of work writing some, some lesson plans for um, another church's, like, middle school, um, Sunday school class. So anyways, in and, and the series that we've been going through with that, it's called Psalms of the Summer instead of like songs of the summer, you know, and, uh, the Psalm that we're going through this week is Psalm 100. And so that kind of worked out, uh, perfectly, um, Last week with Psalm 40, Psalm 40 is a, a, a psalm of praise. Um, for those of you that were here, you remember that, a psalm of praise. Specifically, King David is is praising God for delivering him from the pit, right? From, you know, it was, you know, we don't know specifically what instance it was, but some sort of situation, right? We sang this morning about how God is a way maker. God made a way for David in his specific situation, So so David wrote a psalm about it, right? But we talked about how uh, that is prophetic, it's telling us, giving us a picture of what Jesus has done for us and, and through his work on the cross. Um, today's psalm is also going to be a psalm of praise, a song, uh, uh, really a, uh, a song. It would have been sung as a song out loud. And so we're just really going to dive into it. There's not really much else I can say about it on the periphery, but let's just go ahead and get into it and read it this morning. Um, psalm chapter 100, starting at verse 1, it will be up there on the screen. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for our time together. God, I pray in these next few moments that you would open our ears uh, to hear and our hearts to receive. Uh, God, what you might be saying to us this morning through the Spirit. God, I pray that we would be changed uh, to be a, a, a people that praise you and worship you more and deeper. Lord, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that God is in this place because as Jesse was singing this morning and, and just doing what she does, ministering to us, outside of the songs in between the songs, talking to us about how we were made to worship, God we were made to worship Jesus amen I don't know about you but that touched my soul especially because it goes right in, in correlation with what we're talking about this morning that's how we know God is in this place amen we know the spirit is working and 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 when she said that you know that we're made to worship Jesus if, if you just take that phrase at surface level you might think okay well what are we supposed to be in church 24 7 just singing songs all the time no that's such a shallow view of what worship is worship goes so much deeper than that praise and worship is, is, is it goes way beyond that it's It's not just about singing songs. It's not just about being in church. We were made to worship God 24-7. And I don't know about you, but we're not in church 24-7, are we? No. We're made to worship God all the time. And so this morning, I really want to break that down of really, you know, I guess the goal of this sermon is just when you walk out of here, I want you to have a deeper understanding of what does it really mean for you to praise and worship God with your whole life, with your whole life, not just on Sunday mornings, but with your whole being. Um, And really in this psalm, the the main way that David talks about us praising and worshiping God is through songs and music. That's that's the main way he does talk about it here in this passage. You know, he's inviting us in to enter into praise and worship. He says things such as, make a joyful noise to the Lord. If you've been going to the River Church long enough, you'll you'll know that sometimes when we're singing songs, you'll hear somebody, you know, give a give a holler or a or a yes or a, you know like a, um, you know a couple claps, you know, or, or a lot of claps, you know, making a joyful noise. We're happy. We're happy. We're joyful for what God has done for us. We're joyful that we serve this amazing God and that He has blessed us and He is faithful to us. And because of that, we we worship Him. We we make a joyful noise. He also. Um, You know, commands us come into His presence with singing. That's what we did this morning, right? We come into His presence with singing. That's why you know somebody somewhere wasn't just like, you know what? We should start church with three songs. That that sounds about right. No, it's it's in the Bible. The Bible tells us to come into His presence with singing. Uh, to, to, to sing, to, to make music, and any of you, will relate this back to the, to the concert that was last night, but there's concerts all the time, but ever, anybody who knows, who's ever been to a concert knows that music, just music in general, not just Christian music, but music in general, does something to human soul, to the human brain, right? We can, we can feel connection through music. There, God, God made us in that way to where music has a, has a very special place in our heart. And when you take that a step further and it's music for the Lord, it makes this really, really, really special and unique situation unlike anything else in the Christian walk where we can connect with God in a special way. If, if you're in here and you've been a Christian for any amount of time, there's most likely a moment in your life where you can remember, yeah, that song was whenever I really connected with God. They were playing that song when I, when I met with God. You know, I can... I can um, We sang the song last week, um, Chris Tomlin, We Fall Down, We Lay Our Crowns at the Feet of Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That song marked my experience at a church camp in 2016. And so the point I'm making with all this is that music has a very, very special way of bringing us into connection with God. We are to come into his presence with singing, entering his courts with praise. And so, once again, just to lay it out, when we come to church here You know, we're not just singing songs just because somebody thought it was a good idea to sing songs. We sing songs because we know that in this time of praise and worship where we pick out these certain songs, we know that in this time, this is a sacred time, this is a holy time, a time where God is present with us in a special way to where we can really connect with him in his presence. Amen? Where we can really come closer to him, where we can really uh, bear our burdens to him, where we can lay things down that maybe we wouldn't be able to lay down normally, okay? He's, David's making it very clear. He's not talking about uh, you know standing in, in. You know this is not directed at anyone or anything. But he makes it very clear: come into his presence, is, is singing. You know, uh, worship in a church setting is not a, is not a, um, a spectator sport. You know, um, you know, your Uncle Jonathan used to always say that. You know, uh, worship is not a spectator sport. You know, coming into church is not something that you watch other people do. It's something that we participate in. Uh, you, you know, you're not sitting out in the crowd. You're, God's inviting you to play ball, so to speak. God's inviting you to become part of what's going on, to join the chorus, to join the singing, to join the raising of the hands, to join the singing and dancing, to join the praising, to join in, to jump in. Don't stand on the sides. Jump in to what God is doing. And, and that might make you a little bit hesitant. You might say, you're like, oh well, you know, I don't sing very good. Well, nobody's asking you to be Chris Tomlin or Carrie or Job, or even further than that, nobody's asking you to be you know Whitney Houston or or anybody else. God is asking you to be you. God is asking you to be you. There's one thing that you can give to God that nobody else can give, and that's your praise. God made you unique, there's no other you in the universe, and what he wants from you is your praise. God never said that it needed to be a good noise, it just needed to be a joyful noise, amen. some of you know that way too well okay but I'm just kidding but the point I'm making is that we don't you know when we come into this place and I hope that this is not a church where 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 self-consciousness runs rampant okay I don't think anybody I don't know about you all but no I'm not looking next to my left or right like oh how are they singing this morning Oh, oh they're so off key you know no people are probably looking at me like that you know but I don't care because God told us to make a joyful noise and I know that that he is worthy of my praise, and so I'm going to give him his praise. And you know what's really great about praise and worship is the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people, that God inhabits the praises of his people. So you might say, well, you know, where is God, you know, or, or you are talking about the spirit of God, you know, what does that even mean? It means that whenever we praise God, he hangs out with us, that God is found in a very special and unique way whenever we lift up our praises to him through song and worship. A very special and unique way. Once again, nobody's asking you to be American Idol, okay? But what what God is asking of you is to give your praise, to give your unique praise in your special way, you know? doesn't mean you don't need to be the loudest. You don't need to be, you know, the most boisterous or whatever. In fact, you know, that's not what worship is. Worship isn't supposed to be a one-up contest. You know, I'm sure some of you have been in church services where people try to one-up each other with louder and louder praise. It was never meant to be like that. God wants you to offer your praise uh, up to him because it's unique. It's your praise and your worship. Amen. I think we all recognize that's really the main way that we praise and worship, but I want to break down how it's more than that, okay? Jesse said we were made to worship Jesus. I love that because it goes so much beyond the Sunday service. Listen to what King David says here in verse 2. He says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. In this psalm of praise, he says, serve the Lord with gladness. So the second way this morning I want to talk to you about how we praise and we worship God with our whole life is we serve the Lord. We serve Him. We we live out this Christian walk. It's not just about singing. Our praise and worship of God is not limited to our time in the rows at church, okay? It's not just about the songs, but it's all about what we do on a Tuesday afternoon at work, okay? It's also about what we do whenever you're at school or whenever you're you know, out and about at Walmart and the person in front of you is taking forever, right? It's, it's, it's more than just these four walls of the church. And, and I fear that the church has lost its grip on society if we ever had it, but we've, we've lost any sort of influence because people can see the hypocrisy of Christians that only keep the praise and worship inside the building and never take it out there. There's never any, any, any life change. There's never any living out of this walk that we live. And what happens is you have people inside the church that, that, that act one way on Sunday and then a completely different way Monday through Saturday. And, you know, obviously we all struggle with sin. We all struggle with things in our life and we're all trying to be better every single day. But the hope and the, 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 what we're trying to do is to be like Jesus on a daily basis, is to live a life that is different from other people around us, right? And how we do that is through serving the Lord. And so I want to break down what that really means, serve the Lord. What do you mean? What does that mean, like serve the Lord? You know, like, like a wait, waiter or something like that? No, different. Serve the Lord. Three things. One is obey his commands. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. If you love me, you will obey my commands. harsh, harsh but stern and straight to the point, right? Jesus, like, I think we have this image of Jesus sometimes that's, you know, he's kind of just like super nice guy, you know, like kind of like, almost like, you know, fairy wings or something like that. I don't know what you think of Jesus as, but he was very stern and very right to the point. He said, if you love me, you'll listen to what I say. If you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll listen to my commands. You will follow my teachings, okay? If you, you know, there's a lot of things on this, you know, that, that, We know that there's a certain way that God wants us to live, right? There's a certain way that God wants us to do things. Some things are very black and white. Other things are a little bit gray. But the fact still remains that God has these strong commands that he tells us, hey, do these things, right? Do these things. Here's a couple of them. Forgive one another. Forgive one another. That's a tough one. That's a tough one when somebody crosses you, whenever somebody calls, like speaks on your back, that best friend of yours that you thought was a best friend, that says something, that that particular person that you you may might have had a relationship with, and and, you know they cut things off and you leave you hanging, or or this, whatever reason it is, you've got grievance with someone, you got beef with someone, the Lord says to forgive one another. Forgive one another as I've forgiven you. Forgive one another. Jesus says, love one another. Love one another. I mean, just think about how the world has been in the past really year and a half, right? We go through election season. Everybody's ready to cut each other's heads off, right? Then we get hit with this pandemic, uh, right, in the midst of that, and everybody's, you know, one side or the other, mask or no mask, uh, vax or no vax, right? Everybody's one side or the other. This country, this world we live in is so divided, so divided, and I don't know if it's, I don't want to be like one of those people that's like the world's worse than it's ever been. I don't know if that's it. I think social media has a big part to play in growing that divisiveness. But the point I want to make to you is that in the, in the midst of a world full of hate, be filled with love. Jesus says love one another. They will know you're, they will know you're my disciples by your political stance. No. They will know your disciples, you're my disciples by your thoughts on COVID-19. No. They will know that you're my disciple by what? By your love one for another. They will know, the world, them, out there, people who are not sitting, somebody, people will know, out there, people that are not in the churches, people who don't believe in Jesus, people who don't serve the Lord, they will know that you are Christians, they will know that you are followers of Jesus because you mimic His love. You have love one for another. Amen? Caring for the sick, the needy, the poor, living out this this kindness, okay, okay? We, we, he already mentioned it, you know, in our church we, we serve in the food kitchen. That's one of the things that we do to take proactive steps in this manner. But I challenge you to think in your life, you know, what, what, step, what more steps could you take, you know, to care for someone that maybe needs a helping hand. You know, someone who's a little bit needy, someone who's sick, someone, you know, maybe there's somebody in your life that's just having a, a down time. They're just, they're just down and out. Reach out to them. You know, give them a word of kindness. This is what it means to obey Jesus' commands. Really, just to simplify it and move on from this point, be like Jesus. Do the things that Jesus did. Lift other people up. Be a healing person, not a hurting person, right? Bring about the kingdom of God everywhere you go. Obey his commands. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Doing his kingdom work. You know, we're to use, this is, that's the second thing, what it means to serve the Lord, is to do his kingdom work, you know, using our, our time, our money, our resources, our talents to devote ourselves to the growing mission of God's kingdom, Right? If, if you're a Christian and you believe what Jesus said, then, then he said to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, right? He said to go into all the world, to go into all nations, to, to grow this thing. This, this work that I've started, guys, yeah, I'm putting the responsibility on you. Yeah, you're to grow this. You're to go and to, to tell other people about this good news and to go and to, to make an influence on the world and to change the world. And so really part of serving the Lord is to do his kingdom work, whether that means welcoming the stranger and the, and the, and the sick and the needy and the poor like we just mentioned or, or you know, um, volunteering in the church for whatever, you know, you know mowing the hill, amen, somebody, or, uh, you know, whatever it is, like repairing. You know, we had uh, an anonymous, I'll leave it anonymous, we had someone earlier this week that repaired the gutters. No questions asked, right? That is furthering the kingdom work of God. That is helping with the kingdom work of God. Volunteering your talents on the worship team or volunteering your talents to do kids ministry or, or whatever it is, helping with God's kingdom work is part of serving the Lord. Okay, serving the Lord and serving his church, doing the work in the church. You know, there's just there's this growing movement and it's it's been growing for a long time. I absolutely despise it. I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. I I don't I don't think you know, I, I believe that I believe you can go to heaven and not go to church. I believe that I believe that you can be saved and not go to church. But I don't believe that you can be sanctified and not go to church. I don't believe that you can live a holy life and not go to church. I believe that we need one. I believe that we need community. It's kind of off on a tangent. But the point I'm making is that to serve the Lord is to serve his church. To love the Lord is to love his church. Is that, that God, that the church, no matter her faults, no matter, no matter the, the problems that the church has, I'm talking not just the River Church. Obviously, we have problems. But I'm talking about the church globally, like worldwide, people all over the world, right? Everybody, you know, if someone it's been said that if you're looking for a perfect church, once you find one, it won't be perfect anymore because you've joined it. Uh, The point is is that all churches are bad, right? We all have problems, but all churches are amazing too. And there's a real beauty about it whenever we all gather together. And the point I'm making is that if you want to serve the Lord, you need to get more plugged into your church, get more involved in your church, get more uh, into serving your church, you know, whenever there's an event, whenever there's something going on. Be involved. Be active. Be a part of Bible studies. Be a part of uh, Sunday morning service. Be a part of kids ministry. Whatever it is, get involved. Jump in. Once again, don't be a spectator. Don't be someone in the stands. Get inside. Play ball. Okay. We're not, you know, God's not calling you to watch. God's calling you to participate and join in what He's doing. Amen? The last thing that King David mentions in this, in this uh, Psalm 100 that really, really is, is a powerful one um, you know, because on one hand, we're, you know, we're praising God loud, you know. Oh, come into his presence with singing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Loud. R- lifting hands. Maybe dancing a little bit, right? That's very loud. Very boisterous, right? But what does he say? He says, um, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. and Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. The third way that we are to praise and worship God in our lives every day is just by giving Thanks. By giving thanks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Very powerful. Very powerful. One of the most powerful ways that we can praise God is simply just to say thank you. In a society, in a world, where we're always after more and more and more. I don't want the iPhone 11. I need the iPhone 12, right? I don't want uh, those shoes. I need, I need the latest shoes, right? I, you know, I, I want the newest car. A 2020, 2020, uh, not good enough. I need a 2021 model, right? In a world where we're always after more, more clothes, more possessions, more money, more everything, right? A very powerful spiritual practice is just to sit back and say, "God, thank you, thank you for what I have. Thank you, God. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my church." Thank you for my clothes and my food. Thank you for my home. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for the transportation. Thank you for giving me what I need to live. You see, there's all sorts of things that we can praise God for. And if we get ourselves wrapped up in American materialistic culture too deep, we always live after the facade and we're praising the God of more, 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 more. Give me more, give me more. Right? What did, what did Satan tempt Jesus with in the wilderness? More. I'll give you all these kingdoms. I'll give you all this power. I'll give you all this glory. I'll give you all of it. More, more, more. Satan is the one who leads you into more and more and more. But what happens is it's this never ending cycle, you're never satisfied. It's only whenever we drink of the living water of Jesus that we are satisfied. It's only whenever we take a moment to say, God, thank you for what you've given me. That gratitude, we center ourselves around the gratitude and what God has given us. Then we are content. We're content in what God has given us. We say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We give him praise. And we realize what happens to whenever this happens, whenever you say thankful, whenever you live in this place of gratitude, just... God, thank you. Is it it? Whenever, whenever you're living more, 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 everything's centered on you. But when you say God, thank you, everything's centered on Him. Right? It takes the tension off of yourself. It's it's taking taking the the tension and putting it on God. God, thank you. Leads you to be uh, less selfish. Leads you to be less uh, self-seeking. Isn't that what we all want to be? Right? We all want to be. Uh, more giving. We all want to be better, more like Jesus, right? A very simple way that, that King David says here in this psalm is just to enter his gates with thanksgiving, to thank him, thank him. And you know that you know that might seem really simple, guys. But how often do we take time to do that? Really, take time to really say, God, thank you. You know, some might seem redundant and it might seem simple, but if we really take time to 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 put that into practice, I think we would be really surprised at how effective it is, you know, in, in grow, growing us closer to God. Amen? So, David, he, he writes this psalm, this psalm of praise. And really, what I want you guys to get this morning is that this walk that we live, this, this journey with Jesus, goes so much more beyond the service that starts at 10.10 10 on a Sunday morning. It goes so much beyond this Sunday morning service, right? It's Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. And what it is, is it's not just singing songs, although that's great and I challenge you to do that throughout the week too. It's serving the Lord, getting involved, obeying his commands, doing what he's called us to do, right? And living with gratitude, living with thanksgiving in our hearts because he has been faithful to us, amen? He has done many, many great things for us, amen? So with all that being said, um, you know, you may not say, well, I, you might say, well, I don't have a lot. You know, I don't, I don't have a lot of things to thank God for. I, I, would, I would say, you probably do, but even if you don't, there's one thing that we can thank him for this morning, and that's the cross, amen? We can thank him for what he's done for us. We can thank him that God, God did not look, you know, and I was just struck this morning, by, you know, when Bradley, it was kind of a somber moment when he was sharing about those two individuals, both young, both under the age of 40, 139 and 120, that died, gone, right? And if we're honest with ourselves, the world that we live in it's very rough, very filled with sin, very filled with death, very filled with evil. But when God looked upon humanity in our state of sin and death and evil and decay, he did not look at us as someone far off. But he came and he entered right into our issues. He entered right into our state of being in and through Jesus Christ. I said this last week and I'll say it again because I love this quote that God entered into every single part of what it means to be human so that he might redeem every single part of what it means to be human and that we are now part of that redemption. We are now part of of that life and that life more abundantly. Now we have a great hope. We have a blessed hope because of what Jesus has done in conquering the grave and what Jesus has done in and through Calvary and what Jesus has done in and through his blood shed for you and I, amen? So we definitely have something to be thankful for this morning so with that being said we're going to enter into a time of communion I'm going to ask if uh, Pastor Bradley and um, Isaac will pass around